Welcome back to another episode of Cave and CK Screening Room. I'm your co-host Cave Jelinas. Other co-host Cortland Kelly is also here, and we have a new special guest for his inaugural Cave and CK Screening Room podcast appearance, which we need to come up with a nickname for our podcast because that can't that can't happen again. <laughs> anyway, Zachary Lee is here. What is up? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on. This is a true joy and honor. Yeah, of course. Do you want to introduce yourself real quick? We've been in, you're like the third musketeer of the festival, fall festival (laughs) situation because you've been at a bunch of them too. I love that. Yeah. And honestly, it was like, this was a year I went from like, if you were to chart my festival attendance on a graph, it's like literally nothing for 24 years of my life. And then it's like (laughs) Chicago film critics, TIFF, Chicago International, like all in one year. But yeah, I, yeah, so I'm Zachary Lee. I know Cortland because we're both 2023 recipients. This is going to be another long title of the yeah. Chicago Film Critics Association Emerging Critics Grant. So that's, that's how I know. Of Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsors, or at least a sponsor yeah. <laughs> of the grant. But yeah, I'm a, right now I'm a, just a freelance journalist where a lot of kind of the, the stuff that I write is looking at like the faith and spiritual layers of, of film and sometimes television too. So some of my bylines are at places like Christianity Today, Sojourners Think Christian. And so, and then I'll have some upcoming reviews with Roger Ebert as well for the Chicago Ooh, International. Let's Conference. go. So that'll be fun to do. But yeah, that's kind of writing about it somewhat professionally, I guess. We'll see though, but it's been fun. But yeah. Well, we are honored to have you on what is going to be a really dense podcast but we're keeping it short today because Cortland has a hard stop we set a time limit on ourselves for the first time this is a big deal Cortland because we don't do that usually you don't have to throw me out of the bus that's god, not I under this, the bus I the situation I get ripped oh my god I don't want to be compared to our previous special guest who may be listening but I'm assuming is not if you are we love you Kayvon um we have a lot to talk about today asterisks next to the we we have a lot to talk about today there are a lot of new festivals that have happened that we've been to so a lot of stuff we caught up on i i think we've all seen a fair amount of things leading into this fall this fall season there's also a very big movie that came out this weekend called killers of the flower moon martin scorsese's pretty high up there number of narrative feature (laughs) i i want to say like 26 i don't know if that's accurate i I think it's hovering around there um, yeah, of the Flower Moon is about the Osage murders in the 1920s, the birth of the FBI, as indicated by the byline of David Grant's book on which the film is based. It is Martin Scorsese's newest film. It is three hours and 26 minutes. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro. A lot of other people who show up in like the third hour of this movie. Brendan Fraser is yeah. in it. Jesse Plemons is in it. John Lithgow's in it. Like there's just there's a lot going on. What did you guys think of this movie? I liked it. I want to, I woke up wanting to watch it again. And I think that says a lot compared to like my initial reaction wasn't great. And I was telling one of my friends this morning that even though, so I gave it, I gave three and a half and I gave Babylon three and a half the first time I saw it. Cause I'm just sitting there and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so long. And like, you don't know, like, you'll know what you're getting into for the first time. And I think that's something that ages really well, but may not be the best first watch. And I feel that way about this movie. 
Is yeah, that I feel like, oh yeah, initially, I think similar to Cortland, I was just sort of like, it. it's one of those, like, I could feel the length of the film, mainly because there was, like, certain character dynamics between, like, Leo and Lily's character that I just did not buy from the get-go, and I feel like it's if you're not invested in that from the beginning, it's sort of like, it can just feel like they're doing a lot of work to establish these two characters, and then it you know as, as the film progresses you're just kind of like well i wasn't invested there in the beginning so now it's just sort of feels like it keeps going along but i think the ending when like all those cameo characters kind of started coming in that really got to me the score i think thinking about that too was just really like a, a recurring like element and theme that the great ronnie yeah. robertson r.i.p yeah. I, I, I had a similar reaction to you guys actually Courtney, really? what were you saying I was going to say, like, with the, the score, it was interesting how um, it was much more quiet than compared to, like, mm-hmm. his other movies and, and, like, the score and how it really helps the pacing in most of his other movies. And I think because it was on the quieter side for this one, those loud moments were really impactful, but it also, like, kept the pacing, like, on the slower side. Does that make sense? Yeah, I... I didn't have trouble with the film's pacing. I thought it went by pretty fast. It's also been like a really, really Really? intense year of long movies. So Mm -hmm. this was like, I'd watched two four-hour documentaries in the weeks leading up to this. And it was like three hours and 26 minutes. It's a piece of cake. I saw this a couple weeks ago. I had the same reaction at first, mainly because it's the opposite of how the book is structured. Zach and I were talking a little bit about this before the podcast recorded, but, and Scorsese was talking about this in the Q&A. Like he took, a completely different term he flipped the book inside out which i didn't know going in but it makes complete sense because the book kind of builds up to a cliffhanger and is more focused on the fbi's involvement and the movie is not like that you know exactly what character motivations are from the start of the movie interesting and reflecting on that for the past couple of weeks and then seeing what people have said about it now that the movie's come out has only made me like it more and just realize the extent yeah. of like witnessing all of this evil for three and a half hours with no respite. Like they're not, your main characters are, and this is something that's hard to do because I, it's hard to make like an antagonist, the main character. I cannot believe I'm equating, I'm not equating these two movies, but a recent example is Saw, like makes Jigsaw, what's his name? The protagonist of the movie, which is interesting yeah. because like, but this is like I- just evil people for three and a half hours and just watching them inflict their evil. And I think that's... And, like, I compared it to Zone of Interest. Okay, like, interesting. It's just, yeah, like, it's it's a decent amount of time spent looking at the evil, but they're the protagonists and, like, the main characters, and, like, you're getting their perspective. And then, on the other hand, like, in regards to, like, historical-esque American Western movies, we also have Oppenheimer, where you know someone's the protagonist but they're painted as evil because of you know what they did and and then that on that other side like the narrative that a lot of people talk about now is like oh there's no focus on the victims in in any of these movies and i think it's interesting like that they all have been pretty monumental films through through this past like season so what's in the water (laughs) yeah i mean Let's talk a little bit about performances. I, Kayvon, the infamous, and I were talking after this movie, and he said he thinks De Niro's been better, but he thinks this is Leo's best performance. And I, I could agree with that, if I'm being honest. I don't, really? Cortland, you're looking at me like, 
I'm psychotic. <laughs> is there something? Best? Okay. I guess. Can we all agree that he, The Revenant was not his best performance and is like the yeah, least Oscar worthy of most of what he's done? I've only seen part of it stuff. and I would say yeah. I agree. I don't know. You know I, I thought I, he was really good at The Great Gatsby. So I just, <laughs> Wait, are I you part of The movie. Great Gatsby 2013 Hive? Yeah, a little bit. Same. That movie's <laughs> amazing. That soundtrack? The, the soundtrack? Oh my God, thank you. Soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack is crazy. And so, yeah, I don't think this is his best performance. And I think part of it is because I did see something prior that like, De Niro and, and Scorsese would look at one another when he was just like trying to improvise too much. And I can just, I feel like I was getting his like Rick Dalton character when he's like kind of like at the end of his career, but he's like still trying to give that like hurrah and like I'm still really good. And not that I'm not saying he fell off in any way, I just don't think it's his best. And I think it's also hard because I don't like his characters. Like his character is just, um, uh, he's he's so dislikable from the get-go yeah, yeah he was very i don't know it's just like funny his face was stuck in a permanent frown for like that whole <laughs> like the way his like bottom lip, lip was quivering for a lot of it and i feel like it was interesting because it's like he's basically playing like a schlubby like loser type character i don't know like he's very clumsy he's very like not I feel like when I think of like a role for Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm not immediately associating that with like someone who isn't super competent or like unhinged for sure. But like this one, I was just sort of like, how did this man like bag Lily Gladstone's character? I don't know. There's still just like some elements of this where I'm just like, I'm, yeah, but I feel like I maybe it, there's a point to that too. But yeah, I don't know because I, I think the interesting part and in most of the film's conflict on a direct level is this idea of like how much does he know about this and how much is he just stupid and can't process any of this and i thought the depiction of that is really fascinating and kind of carries the film even after thinking about it because of the way that things pan out in the last hour because of the way mm -hmm. the film ends which we're not going to talk about until more people have had the chance to see it yeah i don't know I thought I thought it was good. Yeah. I, I like the more I talk about this movie, the more I'm like convinced that this is this is up there. I no, I agree. I woke up and I was like, I'm ready to see it again. <laughs> and I think that just in the in the moment though, I was not disappointed in any way. I was definitely expecting more of like a a hype, especially with like the music they used for the first official trailer. Crazy. Yeah. And like, why was, was there a Rick Ross song in the ad for this movie? No. Do you see why I'm like confused? I I really thought I was gonna get something a little different from what yeah. we got. Um, also, have you guys seen The Aviator? I, have I still have not. That movie's yeah. long. Okay, it's long, but like I would say that's also like DiCaprio's really good in it. I've heard mixed Just, things on The Aviator. I as a, a movie as a whole, I understand, but I would okay. say like just like his character like character arch and like same with like wolf of wall street and like kind of in that sense um i'll like he's he's done this before kind of we should do a leonardo dicaprio episode like just ranking best performance. Performance. that'd be good all right yeah, any final should. thoughts on down. go see it go see it go <laughs> see it in a movie theater 
it is pretty monumental and should be seen on the big screen. Shout out to yes. Apple, like might be one of the better streaming services in the game for putting these things out in theaters. For sure. And like Absolutely. putting it out into a lot of theaters for a three and a half hour movie. And like it was it was bumping here. All the IMAX screenings were sold out. Eras wow. is gone from IMAX. Cortland, we're out of options. And I, for those listening, I'm trying to get Cortland to come to the Eras tour with me because I can't be for going those alone. Listening, but... I also got accused of going to Eras like two to three times throughout the festival. So, yeah, it's fine. I mean, I let's I'm just say I looked at the set list and I'm disappointed by some of the songs that she chose to capture her career. But oh like, really? Well, I'm like a Speak Now guy. Like that is my favorite Taylor Swift mm-hmm. album. And there's not there's not Speak Now. There's one song. There's only like one song, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just Enchanted. That's so, a good one. That is a good one. Well, you can't go wrong with anything from Speak Now because that album's all hits. Like, okay, we're getting distracted. Let's pivot <laughs> this. Three festivals happened. Well, yes. three that we went to in the meantime. Chicago International Film Festival came and went. Tell me about it, guys. What was it like? Go ahead, Zach. This I was is your say, first it, This was my first SIF, yeah. And it was really, I don't know. I, I had just come from Toronto like a couple, like maybe a week and a half ago. So I was like in festival recovery mode and then jump right in. But I think one of the interesting things, I was talking with uh, Lisa Trifon, who Corlin and I both know through the winning the grant. But she was saying how the difference with SIF is like, Unlike like with TIFF, a lot of people are like flying in and coming and probably like for NIF and others, but not a lot of people do that for SIF. So it's very much just like for Chicago. And I, I really felt that. And I really, I think I liked that. Like there was busyness, but it was also just like very chill. And I don't know, like kind of the way you think about what Chicago is like. And it was also, this yeah. is funny. A lot of the directors and like talent who are there, this was apparently their first time going like, Christopher Borgley, who did Dream Scenario, he said this was his first time. I think it was Emerald Fennel's first time, if I'm remembering correctly, from the screening for Saltburn when she said it. But she was in New York yeah. today. I walked by her. She's <laughs> actually Saltburn today, and she was doing the Q and I was like, "Hey, um, yeah." I mean, this is what hey, you kind of. Hey, you're weird. <laughs> hey. You made a whack. <laughs> this is um. This is kind of what you get with the second wave of festivals. Most stuff is already premiered. I mean, in the case of New York, the only thing that hadn't premiered was Faux, and which makes it funnier that it premiered at New York of all festivals, which is like built on its prestige and glamour because that's a bad movie. Um, <laughs> Dang. It's like a really bad movie. But Is it like worth to see with A-List or is it just like not? My personal that? motto is anything's worth to see with A-List. A-List sacrifice your money but you can also sacrifice your time and i'm willing to do that second one because yeah, i mean i saw the little mermaids Cortland maybe i'm never i'm never, I never holding you down for this yeah. i'm so sorry you know i uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean streaming services now i know i suck for that one what i don't suck for is mission impossible so. No, that's a bad take. But we'll we'll return to that if we have more time. Yeah. I just saw that it got delayed, right? The new one. It like, did get delayed. So that gives Cortland two years to yeah. watch it now. I can't believe how many things are getting delayed after they've premiered. It's just bike riders now. Yeah. I can't believe one thing is getting delayed after it premiered. Okay, still, I can't believe like other things have gotten delayed. I'm really sad about it because Dune was supposed to come out like this week. So wait, we could have gotten a, a Dune 
a Dune like Killers double feature. Well, yes. I mean, studios just need to pay their actors fairly. It's getting obnoxious. I well, it started well, obnoxious and it's getting worse. It's getting worse. But like, what what was the IMAX going to do? Well, Killers came out this week. It would have been Killers. What comes out in IMAX this week? Does anyone know? Well, I'm what just comes saying out it this been... week. It's like Five Nights um, at Freddy's. The only like, is that an IMAX? Movie? I don't know or if that's an IMAX. Apparently, that's slated to make a lot of money. Like, I didn't really? know. This, I could, yeah, Josh Hutcherson has is that back. Big. Yeah. And then Dune was supposed to be an IMAX for five weeks straight. Exactly. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. How many times would we have seen it? Well, now I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that, with the movies in the interim, because the Marvels is now becoming an IMAX movie that was not an IMAX movie oh, previously. Oh. That movie's underselling. So I, I don't know. Maybe the Hunger Games, Napole- Napoleon's coming to IMAX. So there there, there's stuff. They have stuff. Anything before the, anything about the vibes before we get into? Uh, I will say vibes have been better elsewhere. Okay. But yeah. I would after after like the first couple days, it was it was generally better, and maybe it was like the the movies I was seeing and stuff. But the first day, it felt like nobody really knew what was going on, and they had a lot, a lot of a lot of volunteers, which is really good. Um, that they were like staff so well, and I like great. I think it's great that they gave so many people an opportunity, but everyone was sort of not helpful at first because I, I don't really think they knew what they were doing <laughs> and, and that's so okay but i think um with the, the change of location really impacted the vibes also yeah no more streeterville yeah. it's crazy no more no more movies in the lake <laughs> um <laughs> new york was as as it always was lincoln center typical upper west sider crowd um very long festival it is spread out over such a long time Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it, some of the stuff. Are they the same length? Sorry. This is are two full length? weeks. Two full weeks. Okay. And ours is just oh, like wow. a little under two weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So oh, let's start with some disappointments because now mm. I feel comfortable saying we've seen pretty much between the three of us, we've seen the fall slate. I mean, New York was like the nice thing about these second wave festivals. It's just such a good time to catch up on things that have already premiered and that you've heard things about. So it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the first time this thing from Cannes is coming. Or like, oh, I missed that at Tit for Venice. Now I can see it here. Um, Cortland, you have two, what are going to be pretty controversial disappointments. I yeah. had one of these as my disappointments and changed it because I saw that you wrote it. No, I like that you also put it, but I understand. I can talk um, to you about it. Okay. So my, my two disappointments are big movies. And... The first one's The Boy and the Bird. Sorry, The Boy, Boy and the, the Heron. Heron. Boy and the Heron. Previously titled and How Do You Live. Exactly. And if it was titled How Do You Live, I would like it so much more. Same. I just I just gave lecture like last week about the importance of titles. And it's like, why did they change? Like ultimately, like that completely like ruins the entire perception and message of the movie. If they left it as How Do You Live, I would have felt so much stronger about like what he was trying to say. But because he well, titled it that way, and like that's how I, like, they translated. I just I don't think that's okay that they did that. It is <laughs> very very freely adapted from the book How Do You Live, which is a great book and was recently translated into English. And it's like mm, it's like a Japanese young adult, like tween tale is the only thing I can think about. It's for like people who are like eleven or twelve to show them like 
the ways of growing up and it's like tied into a story and it is like magnificent it's five stars and yeah. I, oh. when I was reading it, I was like, there's no way he's adapting this because it is very unadaptable book. And he, okay. to be fair, he I did it. it. Um, yeah. Zach, did you see this it's- at TIFF? I did. It was so funny because initially people kept, I heard like someone say, they, they were like, is it the boy and the heroine or something like that? Initially. That would be crazy. I was literally like, that could have, that would be a more fun film, maybe. I don't know. But regardless, yes, I did see it at, there's a press screening for it and I caught up with it and okay. similar. I don't know. Like I'm not a huge, like I like Miyazaki films, but I'm not like, I feel like there's like a certain crowd of people who are like that. He is like, they just love everything. And like, they like will stand by him and all things. So I think my expectations mm-hmm. like were already tempered going in. And then when I saw it, I was like, this was fine. Yeah. Like it wasn't like amazing, but I think for maybe people who had more of like an expectation going in about what, this film would be you know it's like his big return after a long time like i can understand mm-hmm. why it'd be maybe a little more disappointing but yeah yeah think... your second disappointment oh can i have one more thing i'm sorry oh okay. sorry how do you like sorry. the boy and the bird um overall i think a lot, a lot of what i heard afterwards is people comparing it to miyazaki's other movies and in that sense i just don't think like that's like a big part of um kind of like maybe where the story adaptation falls flat is like it's a combination of all his worlds but which is cool in like a retrospective i'm coming back type of way um but like yeah it was a big swing and i'm not mad at it um someone that i follow on letterbox compared it to everything everywhere all at once with the way it like moves through worlds, which i actually really agree that's interesting yeah um the parachutes in this movie are really cute though they're so cute and the the little spirits that go to the sky to be born yeah. like those are so cute i love them um yeah i i selected it. i'm very curious about who the american voice is like who is who i think christian bale is the boy and is it no robert pattinson way. the heron wait what i thought he was Dude, batman, was batman I, I i i'm guessing i'm guessing i'm probably incorrect no way I would love to see Christian Bale attempt to be I, the boy. I would also, who's I mean, 14 he years was old. already. Exactly. That's why I'm like, there's no way he's voicing a 14 year old boy. And he already did. He He's Howell. So, like, that's right. Um, just put on an accent and then you can be anyone you want. I think. I don't know. <laughs> just like make your voice a little higher. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, second movie. My second, yeah. My second disappointment is. France's submission for Best International Feature, The Taste of Things. I thought it was delicious. Oh my goodness, you guys. I was starving during this entire movie. And you could just, you could smell it. Like every sense was heightened. And I think that is so beautiful. But ultimately, I was disappointed because they submitted it as their Oscar, Oscar nominee, whatever. And they submitted it over Anatomy of a Fall and in, in Kabe. I know we talked maybe a little bit about like the language discrepancy or like I was talking with someone about language discrepancy and why they didn't. Um, I don't think that chose... has anything to do with it. Okay. Well, if it doesn't, like I just, I think they played it safe because they know what stupid Americans will pick in, in Oscar voting and they will pick the taste of things over Anatomy of a Fall any day. And it was really good, but it, it wasn't like, you're not feeling this stupid American. That's all. I disagree with this take. 
And we'll talk about that when we get to the best picture. We'll talk about it when we get to the best picture because we're talking about Anatomy of a Fall a little bit. I think Anatomy of a Fall would have been fine in international feature category. I thought this movie was excellent. I thought it's really well constructed. It's beautiful looking. Kayvon saw it at the public screening at the New York Film Festival. And he said people are audibly moaning in the theater. And that's like in a thousand seat theater. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um, the food, like I, I'm, I don't. It's not bad. It is not bad, and I did. No, like no, no. It. I think I'm just it is. It's falling a little. It belongs to a very. And I say this with like caution, like an early two thousands type of movie making. That weirdly, like Zach, you saw Hitman, Tuscan right? Sun. I did. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, under the Tuscan Sun is kind of fire. I saw that yeah, on thirty five no, millimeter like three months ago. Um, but it reminded me of Hitman only in the way that like both of those movies feel like they belong to the early 2000s style of filmmaking. Whether it's like yeah. the cooking, cooking, just cooking movies don't really exist in popular culture like they used to. I mean, Julie and Julia, Chocolat, like these are all things that were big things when they came out. I also think this is just like one of the most romantic movies of the year and has a scene that is far and away I extremely agree. romantic. Yeah. Yeah, it is you'll, very romantic. you'll know when you see it but yeah i mean we'll, let, we'll talk about anatomy of fall in a bit zach you have two disappointments now it's your turn <sighs> to piss someone off <laughs> I, I just want to keep the cycle going you know i was also gonna say i heard taste of things is coming out is it in like valentine's day or something like that so oh that's that smart so cute yeah, yeah wow so that's a big win okay i'm hoping i can catch it sometime this year but i'm also like that's that's like a smart like from what you're saying about the romance absolutely in february but yeah disappointments first one it's la camera which i know Cortland <laughs> loves this movie and we'll get to it but i just it's it's from alice Rohrwacher. i think i'm saying that right but i don't know it's one of those like it just it's like it, generally like i think it's one of those like i appreciate it for what it's trying to say and do but don't actually like how it manifested in execution like it just was one of those like it never quite picked up momentum i think like the general idea about like these characters who like are looking to find these you know ancient artifacts and art and there was like heist elements that i think i thought were going to be more present going into the film but it was much more contemplative and like more of a meditation than i was expecting so maybe that's just like me projecting what I wanted it to be instead of me appreciating for what it was. But I don't know. It was just like Joshua Connor is great. I also really liked, I think it's Carol Duarte. She played Italia. So she was great too. Another character in it, but I was just sort of like, it kind of meandered. I think I low key fell asleep for about 10 minutes of it. So that probably impacted my viewing of the film also, but yeah. That was the first one. That's valid. I feel like so far, I know we've only, we haven't gotten to Kaga yet or your second, but it's not that we're disappointed by these things. It's just maybe they're not living High up to like, well, or, yeah. yeah, or like maybe we are disappointed, but we're, it's not that we don't like them. Yeah. And yeah, there is like a general high expectation like for the things we've named so far. Cortland, you so gassed this movie up so much that I, I thought, no, 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 no. It's not related <laughs> to the movie itself. I thought that it would be a very, very popular press screening. So I showed up two hours in advance at 8 a.m. Oh, my gosh. And I was the first person there no. for an hour and a half. But, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm in the middle of both of you guys on this take. Like, I, I liked parts of it. It's a certain style of filmmaking that tests 
me a little bit because I just I have problems with the story structure, the way that things happen. Josh yeah. O'Connor is great. Also, like mm-hmm. Viva Italia. Like I love hearing people speak Italian. Who like I didn't know could speak or like speak yeah. enough to be a character in an Italian Isn't movie. It? Um and his Italian was good. He had a pretty good accent. So Yeah. Zach, I'm curious to hear about your next disappointment because I've heard a lot of good things about this movie. <laughs> yeah. It honestly, and it's one of those, like I think it's because I heard so many good things about it. That's part of what made it disappointing. So because I feel like for both La Camera and then this next one, which is do not expect too much from the end of the world. Both of these were ones that I missed at TIFF. So I was just like, oh, like I heard really good things. I'm bummed I can't see it. So when I saw that it was going to be at SIF, I was like, oh, great. Like I can catch up on it. But I don't know. Like Radu Jude was the director. I've, I heard really good things about, I think, the previous feature that he did, which was Bad Luck, Bane, and Porn. That so, is a crazy movie. I think it's I, the most crazy opening scene of all time. Okay, you know what I'm it's really, about? No, I, well, okay. yeah, I saw the trailer for it. So I it's about a it. sex tape that leaks, leaks. and that, from a teacher and she gets like court-martialed by the other teachers, but it opens with the sex tape. So yeah, it's not a spoiler because it's the first thing that happens, but like it's, it's yeah. But yeah, it was, wait, were you going to say something, Portland? Or were you? I was going to say, I missed that one in Telluride. Got it. Oh, the, yeah. I still. I still haven't like caught it. Yeah. I think in my I think last time I saw it was like on Hulu, which is like low key one of the more goaded streaming services with the movies that they we, show. We're they talking all the about a movies. different movie. No, he's talking about Bad Luck Banging and Looney Porn, which is Radu Jude's previous movie that won oh. the Golden Bear. Or yeah. yeah, it's the Berlin one. Yeah, the Golden Bear. Okay. I got you. But like I heard going in, like so for his this next one, do not expect too much from the end of the world. Like it was going to be a, you know, comedy. It's like very like similarly like scathing and cutthroat and like one of those like edgy, not pulling any punches. But then going in, like, I don't know, it was this one was also two hours and 43 minutes. And I had just come out of a film that was an hour 40 that also felt long. So I think I was kind of like, oh, OK, like I know it was called Hard Miles, which was enjoyable. Okay. I like to some extent, but it was also, I don't know, like that was another one where like the plot kind of, t- it took a little while to, to get going. And so I feel like going in, I was like, okay, I want like a jolt of energy, you know, like this is going to be a comedy. It's going to be more abrasive. Like I'm looking forward to it. And it, it's like, has all those elements, but there was just, I don't know. Like I didn't connect with the, any of the characters. It was, kind of drudging along and not re- I think there were like certain sections of the film I really liked like towards the end that were really good and there's I, I read somewhere it's supposed to mirror in form and content about how like this is what it's like to like be like ground to death by the capitalist system you know and like you can feel that like the drudgery and the toil and that's all there so on that mm-hmm. sense I'm like okay you got me Radu like that makes sense like very yeah clever. but in terms of just watching it, I was like, I don't know what's going on. Things are just happening, and I'm not invested really in anything that's that's happening. So it was a tough one. But once again, one of those like afterwards, reading more about it, hearing it, I'm like, okay, like I can appreciate it in retrospect, but it was painful to get through it in the middle. That was the one mm-hmm. I texted Cortland when your friend, I was like, literally, I'm free. Longest day, longest movie of my life. That I just yeah, seen. I saw Zach after this. After like he got out of the screening for that, 
And and then you had an experience after the movie that just like did not help like your overall feeling with the red line. So I think it's yeah, <laughs> I think I think um it's over. <laughs> and like Brianna, it's just, over. like you said. Yes. Yeah. All right. So Cave. I'm, I'm gonna group both of these together because I had the same problem with them. Uh, mm-hmm. My first disappointment was Vin Vendor's Perfect Days, one of the two Vendor's movies coming out. I was really excited for this, and I really liked the first hour. It's about a toilet, about a janitor at the public toilets of Tokyo, just using small moments to highlight parts of his daily life. Really touching, really good performance from, forgetting his last name, but Koji. He's a very famous actor. Um, he's amazing in it. Probably one of the best performances of the year. I, I want to say Yamashuko, but I could be incorrect. Then something happens, narrative decision that really confounded me, and that just continues for the next hour. And this was the same thing with The Delinquents, which is Rodrigo Moreno's three-hour and ten-minute slow cinema heist movie, which I did not see at the New York Film Festival, but it is already out in New York and L.A., so I caught it this past weekend incredible part one which is an hour and 25 minutes long just amazing heist content and the fact that like the heist itself is so simple that you could just like look around and then miss it because it's so low-key which i really liked and the structure of the movie i found fascinating and then part two happened which is a lot longer a lot slower and as listeners of this podcast now i really like slow cinema um some of the best stuff i saw at new york Film festival I'm not going to talk about was slow cinema. This just did not work for me because it became a love triangle that made no sense and felt just abruptly forced. So those are two movies that I think have really, really strong first halves and peter out as they as they go along. Those are our disappointments. I I don't think like any any of us actively hated any of these, unless I'm incorrect. And feel free to jump in. Let's no, let's I agree. Let's switch to things that we liked a lot. So my honorables from from SIF would be Bye Bye Tiberius and a short called Ah, which was hilarious. And um, my first movie of the fest called The Hypnosis. The the Hypnotist? I think it's The Hypnosis. And um, I would say those those are my three honorables. Each of them um, were... Diff- they're all very different. Like we have a short that was really creative, is animated. Uh, Hypnosis is kind of, kind of giving worst person in the world, but has like a like a deep psychology aspect to it. Or you could take it on the surface for what it was, and I thought it was a good story. And then Bye Bye Tiberius is very real and applicable to just what's going on. Um, and I thought having a story um, of that nature was good, but it, like showing like obviously the the everyday life of just and like you know humanness of what's of these people but also um it had a really strong narrative about like matriarchies and, and mothers um and daughters and, and family so i like that as well about bye bye tourists yeah uh zach your honorables yes i think so there are two one was the mission so it's from the boys state directors and jesse moss amanda McBain, but it's a it tells the story state. Oh, is that? Doc. Shout out to Boy State. Yeah. So good. I know. Yeah. It was like, 
I don't know. So like, I didn't know that going into the film. So when I saw after it, I was like, oh snap, that's why I like this one too. It makes sense. But it tells the story of this missionary, John Allen Chow, who he attempted to make contact with uh, one of the world's most isolated indigenous people groups and ends up getting killed. And it's one, I don't know. It's like, I thought it was going to be more of a straightforward documentary. So I've come from a faith background. So I feel like it's like I had known this story. I had known what the, what the evangelicals had to say about it. Right. But I was, I, it really became more it's like a story about the power of stories and how they shape us. And, you know, like what would compel someone who's like, why would you take your Bible, like do an illegal mission to like go and try to talk to this group of people like makes no, I don't know. It's just, very tactful and i feel like it much more expansive it like uses his story as a way to like come kind of like with boy state you know like there's this camp but it really is like about america i don't know like so this was just like about stories and faith and how they shape us so Mm -hmm. really enjoyed that also got like a comic book that had the art of it afterwards i feel like that like made me enjoy it and then the next one which i think y'all covered when you did the tell your ride pod i think but all of us strangers I loved it. I like, I will go on record and say, this is the second movie that I cried in. The first one was everything um, all at once. But like this one, I was not expecting, like I knew, but like, I feel like I've just been thinking a lot about like, you know, parents, regrets, like, you know, what could have been very like past lives coded, you know, like imagining <laughs> futures and that sort of thing. And I feel like what Andrew Haig was able to do with it, you know, like talking about like, loss and i don't know grief and all of that and you know what you when you have something it's gone and you don't you don't have ownership over how much you can hold on to it that just really resonated i think just like at this point and yeah plot wise y'all covered it in the past episode but i don't know just like vibes and how it made me feel like really stood out. so i'd say that's yeah and we will be covering that in the future too as it nears its release date my two honorables court in this one this first one's for you i think you'll like this movie a lot called pictures of ghosts wow. it Thank is clever mendoza filho's documentary about the cinemas of Recife, a town in brazil a city in brazil that used to be a paradise of cinemas on its downtown strip that have now shut down fascinating look if it, do- it doesn't come completely together because it's three parts but just oh wait a look at the way these single screen cinemas kind of change perceptions of movies in general and like the sadness and grief associated with the disappearance of them, the disappearance of cinema as a whole, and how you that affects me so memory. well. Yeah, I was like, I, the I was, way you're describing this is crazy. Like, I was in the middle of it, and I was like, yeah, I feel like Cortland would get a kick out of this. Um, uh, and it's it's 93 minutes; it does not overstay its welcome. And then the yeah. second movie is called The Settlers, which I mm. heard heard little about it out of Cannes. And this movie is probably one of the most excruciating experiences at the cinema all year it is just relentless in its violence and evilness in a way that none of the movies that we've talked about in this episode or the last one are because this one is not direct is not or it is direct sorry like it is just fully direct and in your face about it it also has probably the best ending of any movie that i saw at any of these festivals that is just so haunting that it has stuck with me and it's just like kind of all I can think about when it comes to film endings because it's so well-constructed and so just disarming. So Settlers is really good. It is a movie joint. I don't know when it's coming out, but sometimes... Did you there. mention that? Did you yeah. see that? 
you saw that in New York? Did you mm-hmm. maybe tell me about it? Because I, sh- I did. I told you you should watch this because this is like real okay. evil. Messed up. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. When we were talking yeah. about like zone of interest. Okay. Bad. It was bad. playing at TIFF and I missed it, so that's good to know. I'll have to catch it. It's very, okay. it's very good. So right. let's get into our rankings. We collide on some of these. We're just going to quickly talk about what we think of each of them. Top threes, Cortland. You change your movies because I have the same one sometimes. And I that's want to not talk fair. about more content. Ugh, Fine, it's I'll not change fair. it back. I, because I want people to know that we are aligned. I'm going to say that as, I agree with you. Host. And this was this used to be my number one. So okay. with okay. that, please. So uh, are we number three or do I do all three? Let's do number three. Okay, bye. Uh, my third ranking that I saw at Chicago International Film Fest is Evil Does Not Exist. Um, I don't, I didn't know anything. I don't, I, so I think I've said this before. I always go in blind, particularly if I'm going to see something like in cinema. Um, so I went in blind. I had no idea what this is about. Uh, I loved The Last Coriata, uh, Drive My Car. Tamaguchi. And Tamaguchi. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a teaser for what's coming so up on this ranking. Yeah. So, oh, yes. And so I didn't know what to expect. I was pleasantly surprised. I love um, the pacing and I loved the score. Oh my gosh. So good. Oh my God. Those so cutouts good. in the score, too, is so crazy when it just builds up so and cuts. So crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, wait give it back to me and it's it's it felt like i heard it in another life like or another it just felt oh it felt so good and yeah that's my number three <laughs> this was as we just discussed this was my number one i <sighs> until i was like i need to talk about this other movie just so that it gets recognition okay fair this this movie is incredible and it like it really got me the ending is gonna be controversial yeah Zach absolutely and I we're texting about this i, I liked the ending a really? lot yeah, I thought I thought it was well. I was talking to people after, and they definitely like shed new light on like the possibilities of the ending. But I still think like there's room for discussion for sure. Definitely, Zach. Yeah. Yes, my number. I was going to say I did really like Evil Does Not Exist. It was going to be an honorable mention, but then I was like, I want to talk about another doc. But my Portland, third- but we're in support. Yes, in support, truly. It was like, it was one of those, like, on a quick note on that, it was just like, it reminded me a little bit of 2001, mainly in the sense of like, where I feel like for 2001, that movie is like fairly coherent and understandable for like, it's Mm -hmm. slow, but like beautiful. And then it's like, we're talking about a space odyssey. Yeah, I don't, it's mainly in the, yeah. Right. That's why I was like, oh, I just didn't expect that comparison. (laughs) Purely from like the way the endings are, where it's just like, it just becomes a little more like, I don't know. It's like, it just takes you in a different direction that was understanding. So I feel like it's like I was tracking with it. Evil does not exist. And then I'm like, well, I I was about to spoil the ending. I will not do that. We can talk more about it maybe when it gets a wider release. But anyway, my third pick for, the Chicago International Film Festival was Late Night with the Devil. So it's directed by these two brothers, Cameron and Colin uh, Cairns, I think. And it stars David Dasmalchen in a leading role, which is all too rare because I feel like he's usually he's great in supporting. But this is one of the first like times I see him take a leading role. And he's the host of this fictional 1970s late night talk show host where 
the program isn't doing too well. So he, on like Halloween time or around that time, he like brings on a parapsychologist and this girl who was in a satanic, a survivor of a satanic like church's mass suicide. And it's a film, it's structured very, it's like basically the talk show. So like thinking about like, if you watch a late night show, you know, and like they have their commercial breaks. The film is just what happened quote unquote in that scene. And when they cut to commercial breaks, they're like showing you behind the scenes of what's going on. But it was just, I don't know. It was like committing to the bit, you know, it's like, it was reminding me of a little bit of women of the hour over which premiered at TIFF. I think it was Anna Kendrick's film, but I feel like both of those films and this one was like getting a lot at like the horror, like this, like I feel like doing like live on air television, like talk show host stuff is like very stressful and scary. And it's like so much of that is about, you know, putting on this like forward face and saving face, but there's like all this stuff that's happening in the background. So I don't know, really liked it. I thought David did wonderfully. It was scary, but not like, I don't know, like, I feel like what I liked about it was the craftsmanship of it. And it was just like very much committed to the late night talk show theme, grainy, mm. shot on film, all that good stuff. So late night with the devil, look for it when it, when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah. I also heard great things from other friends who caught this. So yeah. I'm, I hope I get to catch it soon. All right. My number three is coming everyone's way shortly. I think it comes out November 17th and December 3rd in theaters. It is May, December. Guys, this movie is funny. Like I just, okay. I didn't know what it was about. Well, I did, but the thing I thought it was about was just not what it was about at all. Mm -hmm. And it is just so twisted. It is about a tabloid romance between it's about a, a May December seven, romance. A May December romance <laughs> between someone in seventh grade and a 36-year-old woman who have a baby together. Which is, I know what you're thinking. That's not the source of they laughs. Have baby together. And this movie is like so messed up in its humor that it's impossible to just look away from. It's so twisted. It is so just deeply unsettling. And I think part of that is the story. Part of that is just how sharp the script is, how campy the music is. Also, Three incredible performances. I think like Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, you already know, but Charles Melton is like a is a very good actor. And I just was I not really expecting that. Yeah, um, I've also heard great. Because that is a tough performance to pull off. And he he does it perfectly. And I, I'm excited to see him as a supporting supporting actor nominee. But I don't want to say too much about more about this movie because Cortland, I feel like we'll talk about it in the next next episode when it releases for more people. But yeah, this is this is a lot of fun. In like a really Yay. messed up way, but like, you know, like like a salt burn way. Except this one is coherent. <laughs> so yeah, I saw salt burn today, guys. I, I was not a fan. Do you guys want to talk about your number two and number one together since they're the same? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if if that's okay with Zach, but oh, totally. I'm happy we're like on the same wavelength. Synchronicity, you know. Amazing. Um. So, what is this? Is my number two which is Zach's number one, is a Brazilian film, The Battle. And I have a friend who had a, her friend, like she's from Brazil and her friend is one of the actresses in the movie. So that was also really fun. We had a Q&A and &A, and um, I think that was really impactful as to like why I liked it so much. But overall, like the format of the, the movie and how it was shot and just the way they like, 
had the story unfold by like they broke it down by like scene number and i loved that i don't know if it was like you know a, a countdown to you know it's going to go on and like you finally get to to one and you know it's like the last thing but part of you knows that there's more to the story and um yeah it was it was beautiful in my opinion like everything about it was was really really good yeah no i mean so yeah it's a little, little bit of a synopsis or overview it was like yeah so 21 long takes and then it's about there's you know brazilian in i think 1968 it's like the early years of brazil's military dictatorship so it's about these students they're in this their school building i think and then there's this like looming tension where they're like, are the police going to come because they're, you know, protesting the dictatorship and trying to fight back against it. And I think, I don't know, it's like all, you know, 21 long takes. So it's just like, I feel like it's so clever the way, like I, I kept describing it as like the camera's hungry, you know, it's like snaking through, you're seeing all these different students' perspectives and trying to like capture everything about these people as like the takes are counting down because you know, like, and you're like wondering what's going to happen. And I don't know, it's like, even though there's like this huge historical, you know, drama going on, one of the things that the director Vera was saying was like, she really wanted to find the humanity in the students and the characters and really flesh that out. So I feel like it was just a great, like, I think it was like an hour 40, maybe Corlin. I'm forgetting like how long it yeah, was. Even like, less, honestly. I, yeah, I think it's like it's super like direct no you know like no fat just like we're gonna tell the story have fleshed out characters and yeah i really i really enjoyed it so i'm excited yeah. to see this one you guys have yeah. both texted me separately about this oh yeah yeah it, it won really the good. top prize it... at the rio film festival so uh -huh. it hopefully yeah. i think it's gonna play in austin at some point so like for their film festivals hopefully it gets more distribution Okay, you guys' next the Monster Hive is rising up to tease the next. Yeah, movie. yeah, we're oh, here. Good. Which did you also have listed at one point? Or this is my is number one from TIFF, and probably the best thing. Yeah, I've seen that's what it was. All the film festivals. I, I you wow. texted me about this. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But like everything else you saw after was sort of like, yeah, especially know. at TIFF because I had I had a meh TIFF, but I've seen a lot of really good stuff. At New York and Monster is just great. So, do you guys want to yeah. take it away since it's it's on your rankings? Yes. Yeah. Um, Zach, do you want to provide synopsis for this one as well? And I can. Yes. I was my feelings. Sure. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. It's like basically, <laughs> so it's, it's one of those things where it start like what you think going in, it like becomes something very different, which I think is like, I love films that are like that. But it's mm -hmm. about basically where it begins, which you kind of get this in like the first minute. It's like there's a mom, there's a son, you know confronts the teacher after noticing you know like her son's behaving differently and you know like what's going on at school and like it just begins to it basically shows you similar scenes from like a different perspective which i love films that are like that like i mean talk yeah fall and it like i'm a yeah. sucker for those types of movies and one one just thing that i'll say it's like it's interesting because i meant to see this at tiff but did not and saw it here and i'd seen a whole bunch of movies in between that watching it i was sort of like i don't know it's like i saw this other film called the teacher's lounge at tiff which i thought was oh, great i want to see that wait so, good. so earlier when i said like you guys are talking about a different movie than i thought you were talking about i thought you were talking about teacher's lounge oh, oh for the the bad uh, yeah. no, 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 no. i can see what you yeah mean. wait teacher's lounge was bad I don't, I don't know. 
I no, that. Teachers was great. Oh, it's okay. good. Okay. Okay. Just, yeah. Just have to but, confirm. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I know. But it was just like, I feel like there's elements of that. There's like all of us strangers anatomy of, I don't know, like seeing monster. It's just like, it's fun. Yeah. To, I, what I love about the film festival is just like, you see movies that like either have similar tendrils or themes or ideas. Absolutely. So that's just one of the things I liked about it was like, it felt like a culmination of a whole bunch of different, it, it basically interacted with a lot of other movies I had seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Cortland, did I text you that this was close, but good after I saw it or did, were you the one who texted me that? I was going to say, if you texted me that after, because I vividly remember texting you after. No, being, on like, the podcast, I was like, it's like close, but I don't, even, I don't even, maybe I like blocked that out because. Oh, I, I don't want to spoil. Basically, this movie becomes something it's completely like close. different in its second half. Yes. And, and yeah. Oh my gosh. Guys, it was so good. I can't even and, think about it. it immediately after I texted yeah. Calvin, I was like, this is my close. Like close was from last year for those listening. Um very very like powerful story and like plot line but i think with like monster and the way they approach the like building of this like friendship and like relationship between all of the characters is done in such a way that has you so intrigued it's like thriller-esque of like what like who done it and like what's real and who's lying because kids kids will be kids Everyone's and, lying. and everything yeah yeah, and and everyone's protecting everyone in some way from something that they don't want to that they're hiding. And I think, um, yeah, and like you said, in the second half, it really takes this like massive turn and like just fucking gets. Oh gosh, I just swore. That's how powerful <laughs> it, it is. Really, It'll get CK yeah, swearing it really, on, the, on air. It really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really just gets you. You know, and my so, problem yeah. with close is I found it really exploitative. And we talked about this because of the way that mm-hmm. plot functions and the way the inciting incident happens way too early. And this was yes, the opposite, absolutely. where I felt I found this to be really tender and really calculated in the right ways. It also comes yeah. out pretty soon. It comes out November twenty second here in New York, oh. and then we'll be expanding slowly after. Amazing. So, yeah. Monster Hive, we're, we're assembling. Yeah. Come join us. We're so growing good. in numbers every day as yeah. more people see this movie. Yeah, and compared to. Okay, so now that I keep mixing up people, he did Broker last year, right? He did do Broker. Okay, yeah. cool. And like compared to that, I think it's so like this is significantly like paramount to like above uh, above Broker. I can't speak for the other one, not Shoplifters, but the other one that's like big of his. Uh, okay, it's, Zach, are you familiar with Coretta's work? I'm a huge, huge Coretta guy. Okay. Yeah, I've just seen Broker, which I actually like quite a bit, but that's because I, I haven't seen Shoplifters or some of the other bigger stuff. Okay, I this Dude. is really high up there. I was just arguing with a friend who's like a bigger Coreda fan than me. We weren't even arguing. He was just telling me because he's seen like <laughs> all of them. Um, I think Still Walking, his 2008 movie, is like one of mm. the greatest movies of all time. And like definitely yeah. one of the best movies of this century. That's the this one is really like good though. And seen. this is like, this is stuck with me a lot more than a lot of other films that I've seen this year. Um, mm. So I'm excited to revisit it. Let me just quickly run through my two before we get to the next part of this episode. Um, Ryuchi Sakamoto Opus is a 100-minute long elegy for the late, great Ryuchi Sakamoto, iconic composer, iconic musician. It is just him playing the piano for 
that amount of time. It's such a perfect farewell. It's so heartbreaking Whoa. in the way that it's so clear that Sakamoto himself knows that this is the last time and he puts his all into that. I didn't want this movie to be what? edited at all. It's way too over-edited, over-edited in my opinion. Like I don't want to see camera movement. Just put me in that room. People were sobbing during this too. Like this is, what? it's really emotional and the way it builds up is just truly like editing stuff aside. This is just like mm-hmm. watching a master at work for a hundred minutes. And it's such a profound, devastating way to say goodbye. And then my number one movie, which I think both of you will like this movie a lot. If it ever gets distribution, because it's oh. reaching the part where I'm going to buy it myself. And this is why I want to <laughs> talk about this movie. Um, it is Victor Ariche's Close Your Eyes. Spanish director, um, so it might be Arise. I'm not. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but he's only made four movies in 50 years, and all four of them mm-hmm. are critically acclaimed. And this wow. movie, the letterbox mm-hmm. synopsis is so mysterious and does it says it best, and it is about I an think actor. We should, we should have a moment about letterbox synopsis. <laughs> are you pro because- or anti? kind of anti they are whack okay this one is good because it reveals not a single thing about the movie so basically yeah it is about a missing actor who was like a very acclaimed actor and goes missing in his in his prime in the middle of shooting a movie and it's about the director of that movie's reconciliation with that event and his past and his memory when a true crime type show does a segment about this actor It is three hours long and it is like Monster because it becomes something completely different and a lot more tender than I was expecting. But this is just like masterpiece stuff. Like it is so well calculated and so affecting and it becomes a testament to the power of cinema, which can be corny, but the way they do it is really impressive. Um, And it's just like, it's very bold and interesting and it borrows from other things, but takes the best parts of those other movies. So I don't know. I really liked this movie and I thought it was like, I, it's like, it truly baffles me that it does not have a distributor out of some of the stuff that I saw at New York film festival, because like, this is not a movie that should just fade away. And like, I, it's released in other countries. Like it's, it's out in France and stuff, but like, mm, okay. this is a movie that I think a lot of people would like. And it's like three hours. It's, is a long time and it can be slow, but it it divides those hours up really well. Let's now transition into the Oscars race. How are we how are we feeling? We're like six months out. Yeah, no? I was gonna say this is a good six month check-in. Um yeah. I'm very curious, like as um and I told Zach like my approach to to SIF is seeing movies that either like don't have a distributor, won't be like released in theater. So I wasn't for SIF particularly, I'm not focused on anything that may potentially be nominated. However, when I, I saw a lot of shorts, and I, I'm curious, like, will any of the shorts I, I've seen be nominated? Um, because in Four a lot West of ways, Anderson those are movies. like... I haven't, I haven't seen all of them yet, honestly. No, but the shorts but, category this year, there's an Alma Dovar movie, there's Wes Anderson movies. Like, that's going to yeah. be a populated category. Yeah. That's what, and so I'm always so curious of like, it's such a category of like emerging, emerging like filmmakers, which is so beautiful. And then on the other hand, it's like, oh, you could potentially be Oscar nominated. Like I saw Malia Obama and I was like, girl, what are you doing here? But she had a movie. Literally, what was she doing there? Oh. It was, yeah, she had a, she had a short. So. That's uh, right. mm -hmm, Yeah, it was cool. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious, like. 
I think a number of the things that we're going to touch on right now are at the same level. Okay. So. Basically, we're going to be focusing on best picture. And I I got this idea, like, I'm going to be honest, it's on a podcast that I listen to called The Big Picture, which is a really good podcast. And I like that they do this because I think it's a cool exercise in seeing what the movie landscape is like before a lot of these movies actually come out to the public. And like, we've been blessed based on like our plans, based on our work to be able to see these things in advance. But a lot of people haven't. And that changes how a lot of things are perceived. So I have outlined, is 24 or 25 movies? I lose track because we're taking one away, which I will get to when we read out the names because of studios. And we are going to whittle this down into the 10 movies that we think based on right now, based on what we've seen, based on what we're hearing, what we read on Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, all that jazz. Um, shout out all that jazz. We're going to pick our our predictions and see see what happens. So does anyone want to read this really long list or should I do the honors? I can do it. Okay. Oh, let's, we'll, we'll go half and half. Okay, perfect. Uh, I'll stop at, I'll stop at F. Um, so we have Across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, Air, interesting, All of Us Strangers, American Fiction, Anatomy Will Fall, Asteroid City, Barbie, The Bike Riders, The Boys and the Boat. I don't think it's a real that movie. One. That's a real movie. George <laughs> Clooney directed. <laughs> the Boys and the Boat, um, The Color Purple, Ferrari. Zach, I'll do to O, and then you can take the rest. Um, okay. Then we have The Holdovers, movie that comes out on Friday. The Iron Claw, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, May, December, Napoleon, movie that no one's seen still. Zach, you want to take the rest? I was about to say, we have, after Napoleon, there's Oppenheimer, Origin, Past Lives, Poor Things, Priscilla, Saltburn, and The Zone of Interest. Okay. It's a killer list. This is a really it's good list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So there are things we haven't seen. I think there's about six things that the three of us still have not seen, but a lot of people haven't. So those are, I think we should take risks because now is the time we can. Guys, let's just go through this one by one. (laughs) Do we think Spider-Verse is going to be, this was on Variety's list of nominations. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to fight for it and I'm going to manifest it right now and say yes. Okay. I'm going to, we're going to whittle this down to 10. So just anything that we think will advance. So I, I'm curious about this. I don't, I don't know if it can, if they can do it. They're doing guild screenings. I do know that. I just don't know if they can twist this into a nomination because it's been out for such a long time. There's a lot of controversy that came out with this movie recently and it's still happening. Like apparently the ending, they hadn't, started making until six weeks before which is crazy it's crazy it's, that crazy. it's as so good as it is I know. because it's it so seems like good. it was a mess yeah low-key that's uh, what makes me worried because i'm like negative reinforcement because they're like yeah well i guess like all this exploitation happened but the movie was fire and like it got always so, so well and i'm like it was so good so i think there there's that like controversy element that like made me pause i feel like if you asked me when it came out i would have been like automatic like no question, but that that stuff does like I wonder if that'll play a factor. 
Let's circle back. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to put it in the top ten yet because I. I okay, let's see where the rest falls. Okay, so air. I is on here guys they're doing a lot of guild screenings for this movie there were like 70 what? in new york where yeah. are you seeing this where do you find yeah. this information um through the trades this oh. is also okay that was so new york of you <laughs> i go down to wall street every day and i just me this weekend I, yeah <laughs> Stop. um this was a fun movie when it came out i don't think it'll be nominated but like like you and like even like you said, it was so early in the year it might be forgotten about, and it definitely wasn't. It's not Top Gun, <laughs> like it is not Top not, Gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I can see performances, but not the film itself. Yeah, that is true. I agree that with is that. True. Maybe like a screenplay too, because Ben Affleck, love him. Mm-hmm. Dunk, Dunkin' Donuts mascot. I really like the Ben Affleck Ice Spice situation. I thought that was really funny. That was yeah. crazy. Yeah, guys, Ice Spice might be the funniest we have. She's kind of replaced Drake. Do you know what I mean? Because Cortland, we talked about this as Drake being the funniest person alive. I'm Do you think not no? getting with you on this one. This is so 2002 of you. Um, that's mean. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. No, Drake just... has become like people are annoyed with Drake. People said that album was bad. I didn't okay, listen to okay. it. But like Ice Spice and Drake, they are not the same. Like no humor wise. Humor, they are not the same humor. I'm sorry, either. I'm laughing. She's an both... introvert. I don't he's know. She's like... doing a lot of interviews. It's coming up she on our Twitter money. feed. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I stand strong. All of us strangers, I want to put this in yellow because a lot of people have been really deeply affected by this movie. I think for a number of the the things listed on this, like these are some harsh like pictures if that makes sense like oh yeah 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 and so um kind of like zach was saying and i feel this way like i felt this way after telluride this idea of like a there's a theme this year of people just crossing boundaries and like stepping into like this like really uncomfortable like comfortableness with violence and like harm and um emotional turmoil (laughs) and and it's uh, it's really like shown through in, in most of the pictures we have listed here. And this is one of them. So it's very, very good. I'm just like, wow. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Zach. Do you think American fiction's making it? Any- I think so. I feel I, like. I think this will as well. Given, which is so interesting because it's like I literally had not heard of this movie until, you know, like in September when it premiered. They didn't even have an official image until the festival started. It was literally just Jeffrey Wright's image. The way that image has been putting in so much work, like from standing in for the film, has been so funny. But it was, I think, like between the reference, like the, like winning the TIFFs, the People's Choice Award, and then. Yeah. I mean, Jeffrey Wright, incredible. I mean, I feel like long overdue, like getting, I mean, well, I guess it's performing, but still just like awarding. It is funny though, because without giving too much away, I feel like a lot of what the film's about, it's like high praise and adulation is like the way, like, I don't know, that's like plays a big part into like the actual narrative story about the film. So it would be funny if like, I'll just say it'd be funny if it got all this, in my opinion, well-deserved acclaim, but it like mirrors a lot about what the movie's about too, if that makes sense. So more to talk about there. But yeah, I've put this in the top ten because a uh, TIFF People's Choice movie has been nominated every year for every year. a very very long time. The wow. People's Choice Award at TIFF is very powerful. 
Yeah. Um, it was, was, was Fableman's it last year? Fableman's was last yeah. year. Yeah. 2021, I forgot what it was. I think it was Jojo Rabbit in 2019. It was Green Book in 2018, which went on to win the Oscar <laughs> in a confounding decision on on both parties' faults. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think this will be nominated. I've not seen it yet. I've heard really good things. Um, yeah. I saw the trailer for the first time last night. And I, How's it looking? I didn't know what to expect, but it was it looks really funny. Like I, I giggled. It's, so Yeah. The way you were talking about May December, Javi, maybe like that's what American fiction was just like hilarious yeah. and made me laugh. Yeah. Okay. So Anatomy of a Fall. I I wanna put in the yellow category right now. I'm curious why what makes you put that there and then you don't have yeah. like taste of things listed. Anatomy won the palm door. Taste of things did not. And that is yeah. like crucial because well, that's, I, I, guess I was that's just telling a... someone about this, like the Palm door. I think people forget it's a festival thing and it's already been, mm-hmm. it's being selected from a lineup of 20 to 23 movies. I'm not sure how many are in competition, but it's treated okay. with such stature compared to other festivals awards that like, it means a lot for something to win the Palm door. And I think now that anatomy is not going to be nominated in the foreign language there that's their source of leverage. I it, I hate talking about all this like it's business, but like a lot of this is business because like yeah, all these people are old and very like, political. Yeah, it's just it's that's why I'm like politics that shook. no one cares about. Like I yeah. think that they're gonna use the Palm Door and try and get in this category, and I think they can do it because this movie has. It depends how it rolls out. It's already out in New York and L.A. I I, I don't have the numbers. I, I they weren't like. Dick's the musical opening weekend numbers, which were like really high for some reason. Um, I we'll see what happens. I I think we should revisit this once we go through the entire list because I think it could work its way in there. Asteroid City, do you guys think this is going to be nominated? I don't. No. Ooh, it was. Well, I guess like personally, I personally didn't was not as much of a fan of it. I don't know about this. I feel like with the short stuff too, I'm sort of like maybe. Yeah. I think people are going to leave Henry there, Sugar. That's why I feel yeah. like the feature, this narrative feature film, is too stacked. I feel like for it to make as much of an impact. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Portland. Yeah. I think we should put Barbie in. I think we should put Barbie in yeah. for sure. This is not a personal opinion list, you know, but we I, need to we need to consider the elements. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's. I think it deserves a nomination. Now, Her if it were to picture? win, yes. It absolutely Portland. deserves a nomination. It deserves the nomination. You it were there. I was the there on that episode. I know what you thought about Barbie. Okay, you- what I think, what I think is not the actual like factual experience, like of like what this movie is, and I can okay. recognize that. Okay. And I think it deserves a nomination. Like all all the elements of movie making that come in, and also like I saw two thousand one Space Odyssey, and to know that that is how she began Barbie. The same way that 2001 Space Odyssey began, like that is a she's a movie maker and she loves movies and I have I respect the hell out of that. So, I think it deserves a Best Picture nod. For okay. sure. I disagree, but we can move on. Okay. We can move on. The bike riders, and <laughs> eh, we're not talking about that because it is not coming out anytime yeah. ever now. <laughs> It does not have a release it definitely date. delayed. That's Zach, like, did you see that it? That's crazy. 
I did see was, it. Yeah. Wasn't okay. he there? Wasn't Jeff Nichols there? He was there. there. He, but then, like, it was not anything? talked about. No, it was just like, thank you for seeing. And I'm just like, elephant in the room, truly. Like, what's happening with this movie? Like, yeah. it's playing here. Let him win the award, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he deserves it. Jeff Nichols yeah. is, a, is a baller. Okay, The Boys in the Boat. I don't, I don't think this will be... This was on Variety's list. George Clooney, mm-hmm. is, he's not a particularly... G- good director i mean he's awesome i love like thank you for your service with casa amigos and also like the acting um and like just charisma i kind of miss him being like a a movie star i think he's gone into director territory and it's kind of been resting there for a while now Mm. i don't know anything about this movie except like the boys are actually in the boat like that it's a i I saw a photo and i i saw the titular boys in the boat (laughs) it's with the guy from um the new hunger games I don't know his name. Starts with the C. Oh, Callum Turner. Yeah. Is that, no, no, yeah. He's one of the boys in the boat. There we go. I mean, yeah. it has Joel Edgerton, so I'm like, you know, I'm looking forward to it. That, no, I'm looking forward to it as well. I just, I, I don't know. I think we need to save space. I mean, the other question mark is the color purple, which <laughs> I think we should put in yellow because this has a lot going for it. Even with, I've never. I was going to say something stupid. Never mind. Um, I think, yeah, that comes out for Christmas, yeah. right? It comes out for Christmas, has a stacked cast. Steven Spielberg, so, Oprah Winfrey, EPing it. It's a musical. Yeah, which the was, trailer, okay, like, does a bad, it does a bad job showing that because it, like, you feel like it is a musical, but you can never be sure because it doesn't say it at any point in the trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like they're going to burst out in a song at any point, but they just don't, <laughs> you know? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's how Barbie felt too, so that is true (laughs) okay ferrari i have seen i don't think this would be like orange if there was an orange category i I don't think it'll be nominated because it is not that kind of movie and i think a lot of people are going to realize that when they see it i had fun with it um this next one i think is green i think this should go in and it is the holdovers yeah i would yeah portland there's a lot of fans for this movie wasn't this the runner-up at tiff sack the, it was the trailer like, was really good. The trailer yeah. is really good. Yeah. The, the movie itself like was not that fun. I just, I don't know. I can see it. I think performances wise, it might get a couple nominations, but best picture as a whole, dang, that's crazy. I could there, see there seems to be a lot of love for this movie from the different festivals. Yeah. I'm curious to see how well it does because it was not popular at the public screenings of TIFF. Like those were not very sold out. At least yeah, like that opening was, screening, I remember. Slower. I feel like also yeah. similar to what you were saying, Portland, about like it was this year's been like very heavy, you know, and like dark, like mm-hmm. and stuff. I feel like I could see them being like holdovers, like a nice, you know, like more pleasant, like kind yeah. of fun, flippy movie that balances out the like heavy stuff, maybe. If that's yeah. ever a fun I mean, we got we got Barbie in there. So also true I, though. I, <laughs> <we do. laughs> But I think also with like the holdovers, it's so disappointing to hear people like compare it to like that of like dead poet society and everything because it's just not it's not hitting in that way for for me. It's not and giving dead poets, you know. It's not giving dead poets. It's just <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a for real. It's, <laughs> it's just we're so uh, dumb. It's, it, we're so dumb. <laughs> It's. I, um, I'm excited to see this though. I'm seeing it on Friday. Oh really? 
What? Yeah. It comes out in New York. Oh, so you told me you can't go to a movie on Friday, but now you're going to a movie on Friday? Bet. I'm going to I'm also going to The Killer, and I told you both of these things. What? I said, "Hey, do you want to come to The Killer?" We're going to discuss this off air. We'll pivot we'll table this. Um, The Iron Claw. I Never heard of it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You never heard, heard of it. it? I just have no idea what it's about. Wrestling, wrestling with Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson. Harris Dickinson. I know you're talking about now. I'm a Harris Dickinson fan. He won me over. Yeah, me too. I was not at the beginning, but I I get it now. He's good. I Zach Efron looks good in this. Yeah, (laughs) Zach Efron looks awesome. Physically good, but he looks like his his performance is good. Have you guys seen that movie with him and? Uh, like Nicole Kidman. What I movie? know what you're talking about, but it's no. I'm, the name is not going to come to me. It's like Paper, Paper, the Paper Boy. Or, oh, yes, the infamous Boy. like twenty minute standing ovation at Cannes that turned out to be really bad. Yeah, yeah. him and Matthew McConaughey and like, yeah. Anyway, there's okay. li- um, they're going to be in another Netflix movie called A Family Affair. Like I think that comes out next year. So that's oh. the one I was thinking. And Joey King. Interesting. Too, that's oh, Sorry, that's like Kayvon's worst nightmare. Kayvon's not a Joey King. <laughs> not, no, yeah, same. I'm, we're aligned <laughs> um, there. I think I think we should not like maybe that's like a yellow. Okay, we'll put it in yellow. Because I think we're about to go back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> okay, interesting. The... So killers is in. Like there's killers yeah, this is, is in. As... This is one of the three that I'm like. There's no chance that these. If there is, if this isn't nominated, this would just be like baffling. Maestro, There's we need to no put in yellow. Way. Yeah, I, I think we just don't, I don't know yet. Like it had, yeah. I, I liked it. it. I saw oh, you liked it. it. And it was a hit at New York, but like it was showing at Lincoln Center in David Geffen Hall, which they had never shown a movie in ever they like installed the dolby sound system 36 hours before the movie started like lincoln center is the home of bernstein so that audience is like just bernstein fanatics yeah so i i'm curious to see what the public reception to this movie will be because Mm -hmm. i think it will be decent for people who see it in theaters in november when it comes out and then not great for the people who see it in december when it's on netflix because it is not a December 22nd watch on your laptop kind of movie. And it should really be seen on a big screen. Mm. And this, that release date makes me think that they're campaigning it. They're campaigning it. Like this is their movie and this is what they want to get for the Oscars. So yeah. I think this should be in yellow. So okay. May December is a tough one because I don't think it'll be nominated. I really? Just, I think it'll be performances and screenplay. It might not be what, the full picture. Yeah. What about the full picture like makes you not think it'd get I think Todd Haynes' reception in the past has been more yeah. of a darling among critics and not the Academy. I also think this is like I see that. You'll see when you see it. Like it is like it's just not I just don't see it sitting right with the Academy members. Who might not like understand its humor because it's such dark humor and it's like and maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong about this. I just think that like it's not it's not being positioned right now, at least by Netflix, whereas like comes out in November and then two weeks later, whereas like like the Maestro month long theater situation 
like screams we want this movie to be nominated for best picture do you know what i mean in a way that like this doesn't as much and i don't know if that's because they bought it from can like I, i'm not sure of the situation but like i we can put it in like orange but i i i think that stuff we have in yellow has a has a better chance it's basically all right so the next one is napoleon where are you guys at on this yeah it's like thinking of like uh, it, last did, it didn't really get me in the trailer yeah, yeah. i don't know okay. like looks fun looks good but like i don't think it's like the... yeah i think really scott also kind of fell off from the public like for the most part like i don't think people like him as much anymore because he did last night in soho right no that was edgar Wright. oh geez everyone's confusing me nowadays the last duel in house of gucci Oh, thank you. God, how's it Gucci? Wow, what a throwback. No, yeah, seriously. Um, I saw I, that with Nana. Nana, I'm sorry that I took you to that movie on <laughs> Thanksgiving or Christmas. Definitely wasn't the right Christmas or Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> Whoops. I didn't know. Uh, I don't, no one could I don't have known. see this getting uh, nominated, but I th- maybe a performances. Especially for yeah. Vanessa Kirby. They're campaigning Vanessa Kirby for it, I think. Or she yeah, is I think so, too. So. Okay, we'll keep this out. I think it could be nominated. I yeah. think. It's really, it I worries. Think, yeah, for the next one. Oh, the next one's in. But, like, just last thought about Napoleon. Like, I think it could clinch it if it's good. And no one knows if it's good right now. But, like, they're... <laughs> it's They have the Apple team behind them. It's coming out into IMAX. coming out into oh, 70 million. Yeah. Yeah, I it looks beautiful. Like from I just saw the trailer last night, but it looks really good. Be- like visually, I just don't know. I was I, I'm confused like about his accent and like I still haven't seen the trailer. Okay. Yeah, I'm currently learning about Napoleon in my French history class, so like I'm I'm coming prepared with the knowledge. Oh. You know? yeah. yeah. Portland, I can't even talk about that class. <laughs> I, that, that's the last I'm saying about it. Oppenheimer's in. Let's move Oppenheimer's on. Oppenheimer's in. Let's move on. <laughs> Origin, Zach, you've seen this. What, what are the vibes? It was very, it was one of those like very, I think when people saw it, they're just like, oh, this is like not the same. I'm not the same person I was one movie ago type thing. Like it's just very ambitious and expansive. And so I don't, it's just not one of those, like, like looking at some of the other picks that like, oh, for sure, like green, they're in. It's one. It's. I would say it's definitely the one that's the most like not doesn't quite fit that mold. But I feel okay. like you know Ava like her story. I feel like the main performance too really good. I could, I could. I would put it in yellow right now. I don't know. I'm just like it's a bit like yeah. I don't know. It's like yeah. It's just, I it's I missed. There's just a lot of other. But I heard mixed things about it. If yeah. I'm being honest, from the festivals, yeah. like it's coming out in New York and LA for a one week qualifying run, so it is eligible. Oh, I, I just wow. have not heard like amazing things about it. Yeah, maybe um, it was a hip audience. Then I don't know. I feel like people walked away being really like this was like amazing and the best thing. But yeah, it's also adapted from something that I forget that like seemed really hard to adapt from. <laughs> I think that's what I. That's what I'm saying. Like it's just harder. Like it's. This book called Cast the Origins of Our Discontents. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, that seems like a history. I don't know. Very good, like, history class movie. I don't know. Maybe we'll show it. Yeah. Okay, it's in yellow. So, past lives, I think we should put in yellow for now. What? I feel like the last, like, five that we have here should all go in. 
Oh, I disagree. Okay, so our last five are past lives, poor things, Priscilla, Saltburn, Zone of Interest. Past lives, I think we should put in yellow because foreign language, which I hate to say, but the mm. Academy, because there are three foreign movies that all have really high marketing teams. That's why I think we should put all three of them in yellow and decide in like two minutes. Now, poor yeah, things is you. green. Poor things is in. Really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, wait. Like, Priscilla, I actually don't think will be nominated, if I'm mm. being honest. Maybe like. Maybe I was thinking like performances or maybe I don't know like how, how it is with directing. I just heard that it was good so far. Did you see it? I did see it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I liked it. I it's like a it's a biopic antidote, which is why I don't think it'll be nominated. Mm-hmm. Because everybody like, loves biopics. Saltburn guys, I don't think this is getting in, if I'm being I honest. Don't. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I don't think so. Do you think it'll get nominated for anything? Yeah, I'm with Zach. I, I don't think yeah, so. Either. I think just watching it and just seeing, I don't know, I was like, I weird, guess like, I, weird, but not like nominated. I totally, totally agree because immediately when Sif announced it as its centerpiece, I was like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and so I'm like, and so I get it. I just think maybe my perception because of the way festivals framed it and like the, the hype around it. Um, maybe that's like deterring me from like what people versus like Academy are maybe I'm being skewed by that right now. Yeah. I mean, this movie was a hit in my screening today, but it was also like a group of 60 college kids. But, and that's what I'm saying. I think that's yeah. my, my perception of, of this is like off because of what's hot with us versus what's hot to the people that matter. Air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so zone of interest, I think we should put in yellow and we should just go through the yellow right now to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, all the things we shortlisted are Across the Spider-Verse, All of Us Strangers, Anatomy of a Fall, The Color Purple, Iron Claw, Maestro, Origin, Past Lives, and The Zone of Interest. I think we should strike Spider-Verse out, if I'm being honest. Okay. I, think we should, I think we should list Color Purple. I think we should list Color Purple as well. Okay. I this is like the biggest risk because no one has seen this movie, but like just the I just, situation I mean, behind look it. Look at it. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. I think Iron Claw and Origin can go because these other movies just have so much hype going into them. Yeah. Which leaves They're coming out a little later. Okay, so there's three spots left and we have five movies. Mm-hmm. It's all of us strangers, anatomy of a fall, maestro, past lives, and zone of interest. A24 is really good at marketing. Do you think they can get past lives and zone of interest in, or do you think it's one or the other? I'm going, I'm going past lives. Like I think it should be listed. I'm going to land on that hill or I'm going to be fighting on it. And what's that? What's that one format? You know, when it's like, if there's no past lives stands left, it's because I'm dead. Yeah. That's me right now for this nomination. Okay. I, I hope it gets nominated. This is a really good movie. Yeah. I, the only thing... I mean, the Zone of Interest could be nominated alongside this. Well, it'd be the only... people like Jonathan Glazer a lot. And this movie has like a lot of acclaim pushing it. Yeah. So yeah. with that in, we have... Oh, guys, this is a nightmare. All of Us Strangers, Anatomy of a Fall, and The Zone of Interest. And one of these we're thinking is not getting in. And I think all of us strangers could get in. 
could get it like the yeah i think yeah. it could get nominated because like people have had such an emotional reaction there's a lot of guild screenings of this movie too searchlight has always been good at marketing their stuff it has like five really strong performances and its subject matter mm-hmm. is like i mean we all like got deeply emotional <laughs> during this movie yeah so like i don't Cortland, what do you think I was getting distracted by looking up the oh my god the, the director of the color purple. I don't and like I think that might also change having that listed. Um, I think we should put I, zone of interest and all of us strangers and all of us strangers. I don't think I don't think anatomy of a fall will get the best picture nod. Interesting. I no. I, 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 I could like see. Not that it doesn't deserve it. Well, no, I, think the, it, I, think I mean, it deserves it. If people haven't realized this by now, like all the stuff we've been saying is based on like our perception of this old voting body who have yeah. Like, yeah. odd beliefs. Like this is none of our personal opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Like this is like yeah. like we all loved past lives. Like I didn't mean anything by that. It's just like specifically yeah. like how to play this game and like. 100%. Figuring when this out my, is just calling out the flaws of the game. You know what I mean? When I yeah. do my ballot, I pick my what I want to win versus what I think the Academy will pick. And I think what right now we're just trying to go to Academy brain. And I think it's difficult because just like the voting process and everything in general is so much different. Isn't it different for the best picture category compared to the rest of the categories? Yeah, it's like individual branches vote for their category and the best picture, it, if I'm not mistaken. And it's also preferential yeah. voting. Exactly, it's preferential voting, yeah. which is crazy. Like compared to, they should re- they need to release the numbers. Like I need to know what's winning about how much, you know? Yeah. So I, I think Anatomy of a Fall is the is like eleven and just like waiting to get in on this list. And I think it'll sure. depend on. Is there how anything is- that we didn't list that has a possibility? According to Variety, no. Their list is kind of all over the place right now, though. They have, like, mm-hmm. Are You There, Got It to Me, Margaret, and, like, 12th, which would be lovely because that movie is very yeah. charming. But, like... Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping to watch it on my flight over. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. You might not have time for it. It's a short flight. Yeah. It's, like, two hours, right? It's better than the Air Canada from Toronto to here, which is, like, 48 minutes having screens. <laughs> I was like, I wonder what Mr. Spike Lee was watching in first class. Um... Okay, so this is our list. It is, is American Fiction, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon. I guess we forgot The Killer, but I don't think that's going to be nominated. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, um, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, The Color Purple, Past Lives, All of Us Strangers, and The Zone of Interest. I, I think like that this list. is a good list, though. Yeah. It is yeah. a really good list. I'm very curious where we're going to be six months from now. Yeah. We'll do check-ins as we reach that period. We'll adjust this list as need be when It'd things be a come out. A New Year's, and also I think perhaps right after they announce nominees would be a good time. Well, then we'll know if we were correct or not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We'll circle back. I think like Golden Globes are. I don't know if those are happening, but that will be like a testament year-end critics list so this is just like us going in blind we're acknowledging we're six weeks six months out yeah we're acknowledging that like we're trying to be the academy which is shameful 
and like we're just trying to figure things out and sometimes that doesn't work sometimes it works you know yeah it's fun to speculate and think about it any final thoughts on anything we've talked about today peeps i think we've had a great year yeah so we've been blessed who would have thought like 2023 because 2022 was not really and given on this even level. Even with the amidst the strikes, amidst the every, yeah, amidst all of that, like we've had a really good year. And I, imagine the year we would have had if things weren't delayed. Um, Do you think the bike riders would have gotten in here? Do you think they would have made a best accents category just to acknowledge that cast? I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie I haven't seen. I won't be seeing for the indefinite future. So right. I just have this to speculate. This is true. Yeah. This is true. All right. Um, all right. It's been Thank real. you, Zach. Thank you, Thank Zach, you so for bearing with us. Coming, oh, no, six minutes. coming into the screening room. Yeah. It's been good to have you. It's been great. Would lo- yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Do, this- would you yeah. would you throw out your handles for the for the people to know? Yes, yeah. So on Letterboxd, you can find me at uh, ZLee729. So that's mainly where I'll be posting my things and miscellaneous musings yeah. and thoughts. I'm catching up on SIF stuff still. Too long. I was going to say, I'm waiting for those SIF ratings to drop. So I know um, you drop your stuff so late. I'm always so curious. I know. <laughs> what I'm what like, do you think about this movie? I, <laughs> I'm literally just like... I think it's because when I have an article that I write about a film, I like wait to post it with the article. But like these mm-hmm. places have been like taking so long to post my stuff. So I'm like, I should just add it in a- after just like log what I think now. And then I'll do it. Like I still have to yeah. put my like saw X review and like the nun too. And I'm like, you know, the people really want to know my thoughts. Obviously. Yeah. yeah actually I would, I'm dying to know your saw thoughts. So we'll have to discuss off air. Okay. Um, Cortland, our idiot is back. Our idiot yeah. is back. Our yeah. idiot will be back again for Seth. Thank God. My God. Let's yeah, go. Stop. <laughs> I know. It'll be back for, for a Sif review. And then, I don't know. I'll have to step it up. Maybe some books. I have like a couple books I haven't gotten to. I'm, I'm talking about. Um, Corlin, do you want to drop your, your handles? Um, at Cool Kid Court. Like so usual. true. <laughs> uh, as always. Um, you can find me at Kavajalinas on all platforms. Uh, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Zach, Thanks, guys. for coming on. So fun. Um, Love you again. Yeah, Absolutely. no, literally. The three musketeers. Exactly. <laughs> Taking a break from the festivals for the most part from this point on out. Um, yeah. I don't know See what I'm talking about. Sundance. I'm literally covering a festival right now, but Oh, uh, I'm actually going to wait. I'm going to another festival in November too. Wait, what what festival? Which one? Yeah, it's called the Black Harvest Film Festival. It's at Gene Siskel. So if you're in Chicago. Uh-huh. Wait, Chicago. that looks so fun. I'll look it up. That's true. Yeah. Um, thank you guys again. And this was just another splendid hundred minutes in the screening room. Thank you.